Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Thank you for downloading the Cultaholic Classic Roar Review. A few weeks ago, the jackass Tom Campbell forgot to upload episode 166. We've beaten him like a government mule, and now we can bring you the lost episode. It will contain bulldog jokes, British comedy references, and lengthy discussion of Jack Atkins' egg consumption. That man eats so many eggs. He must be bound like a wicker basket. <laughs> All of you! Stop you hear, innit? Yeah. Oh, it uh, makes me terrified. <laughs> it's news to me. So. <laughs> Did you not know it was WrestleMania soon? I, 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 I didn't. It's WrestleMania in a minute, mate. In a minute. What a joy that is. Yes. I need to turn our levels down very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Just there we go. Keeping that. Tom, keep that bit in. It's funny. It's still, is that better? That's slightly better. I'll is go it? turn it down on the mainframe. <laughs> <laughs> this is gold. This is gold, kids. We can't recreate it on the night. <laughs> we're getting on BBC Sounds, but it'll... <laughs> people will love you for it, kids. You'll be in showbiz. There we go. That's it. It's we'll that, cav- it out from there. that cavalier attitude. <laughs> it's that cavalier attitude that will get you through the races, young man. I might just adjust this one here now. There we go. Oh, I wish I fucking knew how to quit you. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I knew how to quit gambling. Okay, as the other cultaholic lads get ready for the road to WrestleMania, here we are. You're right, this side is weird. It is, isn't it? Yeah. By the Iger Pro Powers, Lorian, we're back in the halcyon days of 1996 on the road uh, to... What are we on the road to? International Incident. Yes. Oh, and we're causing an international incident here. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, joined by the malignant Matt O'Hare from Cultaholic.com, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. Hello. Hello there. Hello. Um, now, two things. Three <laughs> things. One, we're in the silly room again. Uh, this is where Matthew Gregg and I record the classic Smackdown review. Mm. We recorded a Smackdown review just about an hour before this. So there is still sort of toxins lingering in the air. Yeah. From the in-jokes and the silliness. But after me being really, like, 
like quietly scared the last two times we were in here. I requested a seat change. <laughs> yes, because you said you felt uncomfortable. You felt too zany on this side, the uh, side too, I'm sat on now. Far too zany. Far too zany. I was like I a rejected it. Warner Brothers character. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, <laughs> fucking Jimmy the Worry Warthog. That was <laughs> Jimmy the Worry Warthog. He just turns up and goes, oh, <laughs> just, I'm just stressed about everything. Oh. Hey, Jimmy, you want to go on an adventure? Oh. No, I'll go get my credit score. Oh. <laughs> Bless him. He's got ADHD. Um, so, <laughs> so Jimmy the Warrior Warthog aside, do you feel better on that side? Yeah. Okay. So that's the first thing. We're in the silly room again. Uh, second of all, uh, I've copied you this week and I've been to the same coffee place as you. Yeah. Uh, so if you're watching on the Patreon, you may notice that we've got the same coffees. Uh, just you got a black coffee. Actually, I've got a latte. Yeah. First time I've had a coffee from... Let me give it a little try. School, school, Todd. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. A little latte. That's nice, isn't it? Very tasty. Yeah. Uh, the other being, uh, I've got this weird obsession at the moment of sharing and taking pictures of you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where it's come from. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just, when I edit these, I'll just find little cuts of you. <laughs> It'll make me smile, and I'll go. Think the world needs to see them. All right. <laughs> he's going now. Jack Atkins is leaving. He's he's gonna put in put one in for me. <laughs> That's a treat. That is a treat. Oh, if you're a Patreon, you'll see what that's about. <clears throat> if you're not, you won't. Got me dick um, out. He's not about. It's amazing. Uh, it's longer than you think. <laughs> <laughs> and it was where we went to get these coffees. So, like, where we go, there was, like, a little sandwich place. I was grabbing a sandwich and getting a coffee. And then there's the coffee hatch just over the way. So when, mm. you, when you're paying for your sandwich, you can see whoever is waiting at the coffee hatch. Mm. And I could just <laughs> see you just minding your own business, waiting at the coffee hatch. I just snapped a little picture. I know, I saw you. I was, I was, I was looking at you. You did look at me. But I the was thing was, I was receiving my coffee at the same time, so I didn't want the barista to think that I was just staring at them. So I was <laughs> trying to play it down. <laughs> Admittedly, the person serving me thought I was taking a picture of them, but I thought... I'm just going to ride the wave here. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be something they can talk about later. Who were those weirdos that came in? So that was a joy. So those are my three things yeah. um, for this week. Also, what else am I bringing this week? I think I talked about it a few weeks back on the SmackDown review. Uh, I started playing Stanley Parable. Whether you played Stanley Parable. I have not. But well, I've, I carry I'd, this forward to you to play it. I encourage you to play it. I, I've, I've, I know of the Stanley Parable. I've mm. watched it. It's one of those ones that I like to watch. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I might just wa end up watching the rest of it, but I enjoy playing it. Yeah. So I just go, I'm very late to the party on that one. But I didn't know whether you were a fan. If not, uh, as, so Sam gave it to me mm. to try, and now I give the concept to you to try. Yes. The Stanley Parable. Do that. Uh, how are you, more importantly? I'm all right. Um, the, the reason I was surprised at WrestleMania is we, we, we've gone off the timeline again, haven't we? Because we're, we're bulk recording these. We so. have, yeah. So we're so all over the shop at the moment. It, it's the beginning of February. So when you said it's WrestleMania, it was like, oh, Christ, it is. Soon, yeah. It? We're yeah. recording this sort of early Feb, but you're hearing this, if my calculations are correct, you're hearing this sort of early March. If Sounds I've, if about I've, right. If yeah, I've yeah. landed properly on the older... Yes. In the old thing. But I yeah, think it should be, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's about then. So that's why it is indeed nearly nearly WrestleMania's season, I as know. the kids say. I'm going to be knackered. Oh, mate. It's, it's, you've, now, you've done a couple of WrestleManias for us now, haven't you? Mm. Uh, working at Coldaholic. They mm. are they're, they're, they're a special time of year. Mm. They're a magical, majestical time of year uh, where you basically just don't sleep for a week. Yeah. 
Alex has kind of resigned herself to the fact that she's essentially single that week. Oh, yeah. Because, like, my hours are all over the shop, and sometimes I'm in bed on a night time, sometimes I'm not. <laughs> but it's nice because she always knows, well, he's not out philandering. He's just watching wrestling. Kind of wish he was out philandering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually going to come into the office for WrestleMania oh. night one. Put the shift in. Come into work, are you, Jack? <laughs> It must be all right. <laughs> Streaming, watching the wrestling. An average write-up of a wrestling event that I have to do for my office is nearly 4,000 fucking words. Oh, gosh, that's a year's worth of work, isn't it? Exactly, in one it's night. Two words I'm a like day. I'm like Santa Claus. <laughs> but, you but are like Santa Claus. You're always coming down the chimney. Oh, definitely. <laughs> This is the highlight of my week as well. <laughs> what a shallow existence I lead. Like, can't wait to go into the office, see my friends. I get called fucking work shy little grifter. I've never called you that. You've insinuated, oh, Aiden Gibbons has. Him yeah. mm. upstairs. Well, Aiden, well, bear in mind, Aiden comes, from a, Aiden comes from a time where like you'd work 9 till 5.30, you'd come home, you'd, you'd eat whatever was left, whatever broth was left. Yeah. You'd all share a tin bath and then, <laughs> and then go to bed before the bomb started dropping. 9 till 5.30, you're still good. You had a cushy job back then. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, had a, I was happy. Yeah. yeah. Stay out, play till the lights went out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you said, like, granddad used to have pig's trotters dipped in tripe. We were happy. Yeah, my granddad did used to eat pig's trotters, drank cabbage water, ate tripe. <sighs> Are they crunchy? Pig's trotters. I imagine so. I, I imagine they'd be them. the crunchiest. I just kind of pitched them as like eating like a hand. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's would, the it, pig equivalent of a hand. Yeah, but you say crunchy. Like when you eat chicken wings, you don't bite. Oh, actually, you probably don't bite through the bone. I you do. just go, oh, it's lovely. This. I do. Bit of marrow. <laughs> sometimes I do tend to bite through the bone of a chicken wing. And Alex will go, why are you doing that, you monster? It's <laughs> getting my money's worth. I just get every little bit off. Every last bit. Like, I'm like a, like a Warner Brothers character there where I just like put it in my mouth. <laughs> And suck all the bone off. <laughs> Ping, you flick it out a window and a dog runs after it. That's it. And it's, the dog's had a great day. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a great day. And um, we're back in 1996 for another great day. Ooh, we are, yeah. This room. <laughs> <laughs> what oh. is Jack Atkins' real name? That was a question that we posed yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Had some guesses. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, hi to uh, Michael, who's listening in Philadelphia. Hello, Michael. Uh, is Jack's real name Philip? You look like a Philip, apparently. You're not going to say yay or nay? No. Oh. no I'm not going to say yay or nay. Okay. Uh, no. James Wright says, um, Jackie goes by Ken. We all know that that's the name of the horse in bottom. The bookie in that episode is Harry the Bastard, real name Ted. He's also known as Brat Atkins. Atkins being a diet, and diet being a French pronunciation of diet, as he has the look of flamboyant French about him. Diet. So here is my first of many guesses. Jackie Orlando's real name is Edward Ted Brat Diete. <laughs> I can never confirm more than that. Oh, very nice. There are three Teds in my family, though. Mm. Big Ted, Little Ted, and Teeny Ted. Cardboard Box Ted. Cardboard Box Ted. Sadly, he drowned. He did, bless him. Yeah. Uh, uh, David, who's got us on. David in Scarborough. Hello, David in Scarborough. Uh, is, is, it a real, is it a trick? And is, is Jack Atkins' real name Ken Atkins? A few people think it might be Ken. Like, is it like a double whammy? Like, you, like you play up the fact that sad Ken 
is like a fake name, but it, the, you're hiding in plain sight. And so Ken is the real name. I, I, mm, I can neither confirm nor deny this, but I doubt there were many babies born in May- Merseyside in the late 80s called Ken. <laughs> Baby Ken. Check the directories quickly before we do. Um, those are the guesses for this week. I don't think any of them have touched the sides on that one. Who knows? Okay. But, when, but will you tell us when we do or not? Or is that, will that be, I can't remember what we said. I think we said for, your, for the last episode ever, you will reveal. Uh, Maybe. No, you said that and I said... I did that. I, I? I said no because I want to disappear into a forest one day. <laughs> um, if someone gets it right, I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been put up to this. That's true, actually. Mm. We, he's, he's on the run mm. from, you know. Um, People do call me Ken, though. Mm. Uh, I've had a message here from uh, Daniel from HMRC, who's keen to know what your real name is. Hello, Daniel from HMRC. <laughs> Uh, they want to check your details against some, 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 some t- peculiar filing. It's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll log in. I've got my unique taxpayer reference. It's fine. <laughs> oh. Hey. Yeah, you, you stand back. You stand back. Right. Let's, stand back. Stand back. <laughs> Let's go back, back in time. Bring back the time. We are July the 1st, 1996. Uh, brand spanking new year. We're on the way to American Independence Day, appropriately. Uh, it is an American episode of Monday Night Raw. It's, you know, the World Wrestling Federation tend to have quite a few shows in America. Yeah. As opposed to elsewhere. Yeah. I was, uh, we talked about this uh, on a classic Nitro review, the Slamber Rewatch along. Did you, uh, Sam Driver and I, how like both World Wrestling Federation and World Championship Wrestling both say the word world, the word world. Yet the only people outside of America are just wild stereotypes. Yeah. Well, we, we were saying this on the uh, monthly news roundup, myself, mm-hmm. yourself, and Aidan Gibbons, saying that they, they often forget that the first W's for world, like when they had, was the name Hardy at the Royal Rumble, and everyone not in America or Canada went, who? Yeah. <laughs> Who's Hardy? Yeah. I don't know who Hardy no. is, you cowards. Um, let's talk about July 1st, 1996. Number That's... one UK movie is The Rock still. God, still in there? It's popular. People love Nicolas Cage. Ah, <laughs> oh, mate, we always love Nicolas yeah, Cage. Number one in America, The Nutty Professor. Okay. So the story of uh, a fat scientist who loses weight with powers, with hilarious results, uh, is roughly based on the case of Jekyll and Mr. Hyde mm. uh, by Robert Louis Stevenson in 1886. But it's a comedy version starring Eddie Murphy as several thousand characters with hilarious results. It's actually a remake of the same of the of the movie starring Jerry, Jerry Lewis, Lewis from yeah. 1963, uh, which is a parody of Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, it stars Jada Pinkett, uh, James Coburn, Larry Miller, David Chappelle, and John Ailes, and of course Eddie Murphy as yes, lots of people. Yes, and uh, remember, do you remember the Professor? Yes, I do. Yeah, I remember the the bits with Dave Chappelle being very funny. It's Right, can I stop having stand-up comedy people that I like? I'll tell you what, I used to love a bit of Louis C.K., a bit of Dave Chappelle. Oh, God, I'd be like, oh, they seem like, you know, above-board individuals, and they're very funny. Oh, uh, but mate. It's, yeah, the, the bit where he's, um, Dave Chappelle's ripping him for being fat on stage, and then when he comes back as Buddy Love and he breaks his fingers and throws him into a piano. <laughs> I remember thinking that was very funny, age of about eight. That was a lovely time for everybody involved. Mm. <laughs> Especially Dave Chappelle. He had a great day. Uh, number one in the uh, UK uh, music charts is still Fuji's Killing Me Softly. Mm. Number one in the US charts is still Bone Thugs and Harmony, The Crossroads. So not much shifting no. on the music world this week. Uh, a few bits of news from the real world. Uh, July the 5th uh, in this particular week is the year that the first mammal is successfully cloned. Welcome to the planet, Dolly the Sheep. Hello, Dolly. Hello, Hello, Dolly. Dolly. It's so nice to have you back. 
Dolly. Uh, yes, so Dolly, uh, the first cloned sheep born at the Roslyn Institute in Midlothian, Scotland. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, a piece of history here that we haven't really seen massively repeated. I, I think we saw a bit of clone, like the the art of cloning seems to have fallen to the rich and yeah, fabulous. But, it, but it's one of those things that f- for our time period, like if we mention this to Fraser Port, we'd be like, oh, I don't know, I'm too busy TikToking up. Pokemons, um, but <laughs> he does TikTok a lot of Pokemons. If you say to anyone our age, name of the first clone sheep, and you, everyone just goes, "Oh, it's Dolly, Dolly, yeah, Dolly." That's it. It's a piece of history. This yeah. is on the same day, uh, Nights into Dreams, uh, a 1996 action game developed by Sonic Team, uh, was uh, released for the Sega Saturn. So this is so Sonic fans are very excited about this because this kind of felt like Sonic's first major 32-bit video game. Mm. Uh, Sonic Extreme, you hardly knew ye. It's the story of Elliot and Chris uh, who enter the dream world of Nightopia. Uh, and you control Elliot or, Claire, uh, Elliot or Claire, and then I never quite got playing it. You gather enough like energy to then become knights, and then you can fly around and fight people. I never, never got into it. Never played it. I remember when it was coming out, though, because it was being hyped as in... This is going to change the industry. Mm-hmm. And it kind of came out and Sega realized, oh, only about five people have Segas anymore. Yeah. And it came out the week after Mario 64. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, Sonic Team, man. If you dropped a Sonic game, we might have had a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did, didn't it get, did it get remastered in the last few years? It did indeed, yes. So you can now, I think you can now play it on like most sort of streaming game platforms. I know it's on PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Uh, so it, and they got a, yeah like a retooled version, but I don't know, I, the thing is with Sonic Team, they annoy me because when they try and do anything that isn't a two D Sonic game, I just go, "What are you doing? <laughs> Give him a gun. Give Sonic a yeah, fuck me. <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> that wasn't Sega and Sonic Team's fault per se. They were kind of responsible, uh, as we discovered in the uh, podcast documentary series, A History of Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, available now. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beefy listen that I made during lockdown to keep me sane. Thank you for that. Features an interview with Jim Cummings, who played Winnie the Pooh and Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> um, as we discovered in the, in the research for that, basically, Sonic Team uh, did a poll, poll like Sonic fans and said, like, what would you like from the next Sonic game? And the general feedback from Sonic fans was, give him a gun. <laughs> did they, You're all fucking idiots. Did they ask a load of nine-year-old boys? I think they asked a load of like nine-year-old boys or weird teenage boys who, oh. give him a gun. See, there you go. You're welcome, dickheads. It's your fault. I knew a girl who fancied Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, has she been sectioned or not? Um, Mm. She, oh. she should have. <laughs> her house burnt down. Her house burnt down. <laughs> now, I, I know people who see characters like that. I mean, I mean yeah. I'm mean, i being silly because who didn't fancy the Cabra's Caramel Bunny? Oh, yeah. Oh, I just, oh, that was, that was weirdly a early awakening for me. <laughs> it's been a little bit too much information <laughs> for you. Mum, I've grown another toe. <laughs> Mum, what's going on? <laughs> I really want caramel and, and my trousers don't fit. I've got a groin toe. <laughs> a grow. Oh. Toy. No. That doesn't no, Otherwise, quiet week in the world of boring, boring fucking real world. Tell us something that's happening in the wrestling world, Jack Atkins. Oh, like I've been saying for many weeks, it's all kicking off. <laughs> wrestling Observer newsletter dated July the 8th, 1996. 
The future of Jim Helwig, the ultimate warrior in the World Wrestling Federation, is again in question after he missed several weekend house shows after the death of his father. We are in the Jim Helwig exit arc. We are. Oh. I mean, the second he turned up, we were in the Jim Helwig exit arc. To be fair, we are in the end game. So, ultimate warrior's father, Tom Helwig, uh, he'd been estranged from since the age of three and been living in South Florida, passed away on June the 30th. Warrior didn't appear for any of his scheduled dates after working uh, television on June 28th at the house show in Indianapolis on June 28th. Sorry, but I'll start again. I'm just so, I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe Warrior's going. So Warrior didn't appear for any of his scheduled dates after working television on June 25th and at the house show in Indianapolis on June 28th, it was announced he wasn't there due to transportation problems. While on tour on June 29th, the wrestlers were given the word that Helwig was through. Either he had quit or was fired. Nobody was really sure which is basically the same thing, except in this specific wartime situation, there is a huge distinction, as Dave put. If Helwig were to quit, he would be unable to work for WCW for the remainder of his contract, which is believed to have about 14 months left. If he was strictly fired, he could work anywhere he wanted immediately after termination, although WWF could suspend him for a while before firing him, similar to what WCW did with Vader. But... As Dave's put here, realistically, except for a one-shot curiosity deal, WCW would be totally insane to want him anyway because of his inherent problems. <laughs> I'm sure they don't want him. No. Uh, Hogan's just like, oh, I can get me win back because this is real. <laughs> Talking of things that are real to him, after Warrior, you know, dropped out, um, WWF called Bret Hart and said they were tired of Ultimate Warrior's constant demands and they wanted Bret Hart for emergency duty to work Detroit and Pittsburgh to you know, make it up for the fans, really. Warrior's still a draw. He still gets massive reactions, so they needed something. They need somebody there, yeah. yeah. For whatever reason, Bret Hart didn't come back. A call was then made to Sid, and he was brought in as a babyface replacement. Sid, you say? Sid. Last time we saw Sid was... Around the Raw Bowl, maybe shortly after that, he was with Sid and the Kid. Yeah, mm. managing being managed by the Million Dollar Man, and yeah. then he's just kind of gone off the boil a little bit. And then it was just Kid and Million Dollar Man, and then they wiped Kid's bum, and he buggered off. And then Million Dollar Man went as the ringmaster, go down in the mid card, and he buggered off. And now Steve Austin's like, oh well, no one's going to do my work for me. I might as well do it myself. So Sid's coming in to to fill the gap left by Warrior on the house show loop. Yeah, and nothing else. Nothing else. <laughs> in both Detroit and Pittsburgh, ring announcer Bill Dunn announced that Warrior wouldn't be there because he refuses to wrestle in a city like fill-in-the-blank, basically turning him heel and burying him. They did offer refunds in both cities, and reportedly a few dozen did take them in both cities. I don't, if, if I went to a show, and even if I was enjoying it, because I'm a bit of a tight shit bag at times, and they'd be like, do you want a refund? I'd be like, oh, yeah. Cool. Of course I do, yeah. <laughs> if, you're off, if you're offering. Yeah. Um, they said he would be replaced by the craziest wrestler in the WWF, but didn't mention a name. Later in the show, as there was a flock of run-ins during Shawn Michaels vs. Vader, with four heels, Vader, Bulldog, Owen, and Goldust fighting two faces, Michaels and Ahmed Johnson, Sid came out to a huge pop and chased away the heels. Mm. Later in the show, he beat Owen Hart with a power arm in 41 seconds, and the same basic scenario took place the next night in Pittsburgh. Reports are that Sid was bigger than ever before and as cut to ever to boot. He's ready to go. He wants to run. Doing that with all his fans. I loved oh. Sid as a kid. Even his WCW run, which looking back was pants at the time, I was all in on Sid. When Sid's booked well, like yeah. he's a force, isn't he? He was over Ca in ECW. Over, oh, over like Rover in ECW. 
charismatic. Yeah. It, it was the jean shorts era in ECW. I seem to remember. Yeah. yeah. He, he came in and everyone was chanting EC dub and he got them to chant Sid instead. Yeah. I seem to remember him doing that. Choke slamming everyone through a table, power bombing people, ruining matches, and everyone just went, mint this. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah. Book him well and he's a moneymaker for you, Sid. If, if you put Sid at the center of chaos, he'll make you money. Yeah. Just don't get him to cut a promo. <laughs> so it's not known exactly what caused the latest Vince McMahon, Jim Helwig situation, as is written here. Although this has been a constant situation between the two with Helwig's constant demands, which has led to him being fired from the WWF on two occasions in the past. His threats to walk out, which have led to him, led to him getting huge payoffs to return for pay-per-view shows, is never arriving in December after an agreement to come in and return, uh, not to mention all his problems in dealing with promoters in Europe, walking out of his own shows in Las Vegas. Remember we talked about that one? Mm. So they were just like... He's always been. He's always been trouble. He's always been a troublesome truck. According to one company source, this time it was a problem having to do with a marketing dispute. A report elsewhere stated that it was Helwig found out about something with his likeness being merchandised that he didn't know about, got mad about it, and wanted to make changes in his deal. The gossip among the wrestlers was that he was unhappy with his WrestleMania payoff. So... Dave's words here. The story got even crazier as Helwig had a blow up with the office before the weekend, but by Sunday it was known he was wanting to return and had phone conversations with McMahon after no showing the week. However, at no point was anyone aware of a death in the family. Helwig did an online interview on July 1st, said that his father had died and claimed that's why he missed the shows, that he couldn't understand why he was buried uh, at the house shows, or why on the company 900 line they teased on Raw that he was in the doghouse that we'll hear later. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit, yeah. Uh, Helwig said he would return on July 11th in Albany, which is his next scheduled booking. If Helwig's story was the case entirely, there would have been no problem. But we've heard, I've heard things about this before. It may have allegedly been from the rise and fall, uh, self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, but they're saying that, you know, he'd been estranged from his father since he was three. And yeah. apparently anyone who spoke to Warrior was like, what do you think of your dad? He's like, hate him, I'll kill him. Yeah, <laughs> and that was why this sat funny with a lot of people when yeah. all of a sudden it was like, oh, I need this very sudden, un un unexpected leave of absence to go to the funeral of my estranged father. Yeah. I mean, I, in his defense, in his defense in that front, obviously grief does weird things to you. Yeah. And I think, you know, losing, losing a parent, whether you've fallen out with them or not, you might maybe feel the need to go and make your peace. Maybe you don't. There's no right or wrong. There's no right or wrong way to grieve. No. Um, I would obviously think that with, when it came to the perspective of WWF, he's a guy that just notoriously just causes trouble and is just yeah. does his own thing regardless. And now he's saying this, despite yeah, I can see from I can see why WWF thought the way they did about yeah. what would otherwise be a very obvious you know reason for a leave of absence. Yeah, but when it's Warrior, it's a bit boy who cried wolf. Yes. So as of press time of The Observer, WWF marketing officials had been told no decision as to the Warriors' future, um, but a decision will be made in the coming days, definitely by Monday. And then Dave continues, I know it's a lot of Dave fudge, but it's the Warrior. <laughs> we love a bit of Warrior bollocks. Mm, Dave fudge. WWF officials had made a decision over the weekend when it was not known about the death, and the decision was leaning towards just getting rid of him, not to announce the status of him either way because it would screw up the pay-per-view angles and outdate the July 8th Raw show which has been built around Ultimate Warrior vs. Owen Hart, a match which ends with Warrior being laid out by Camp Cornette. So they said, basically, they could just have him written off there, beaten down by Camp Cornette, and they're just like, yeah, we beat down Warrior so bad that he's disappeared. What have you got? But Dave doesn't think, oh, if, if they were to, say, replace him with Sid, 
they haven't got time to film anything and bring him in. They could replace him with Yokozuna. Who knows? So we'll have to see. Now, interestingly about this uh, Warrior run uh, was the posters that did the round. So when the, uh, when the self-destruction documentary dropped, one thing that people noticed was a lot of these shows are headlined by Ultimate Warrior versus Vader. Yes. And Warrior was, it was labeled as a WWF championship match. Oh. Did you see this? No. And, and a lot of people are like, why is this labeled as a championship match? Apparently, it was just a little bit of a, a shithousey thing to do where you would label, like, for, uh, yeah, I found the poster here. So, in your house at the Cow Palace, is it a show at the Cow Palace here? Yeah. Um, in which. The Ultimate Warrior is labelled as the champion of the WWF facing Vader. But it just says Federation title. Federation title match. Ah. Which is interesting. But apparently this is just like a bit of a, a shithousery thing that you did. Yeah. On some house shows where you just said, oh, he's the champ. He's not there, is he? Nah, nah. Well, there is one, <laughs> one last bit to this. Helwig's no-show immediately fueled rumours of him being the third man at Bash at the Beach. Could you imagine if that had been what they did? Everyone just be like, it's that the ultimate warrior <laughs> with oh, National Hall. That's a bit poo. So, <laughs> based on what they've been told, WCW had decided on the third man, and it wasn't the ultimate warrior. Even if WWF were to fire him, it wouldn't. They wouldn't do so until after the pay per view. So it's unless it's they were going to do a. Th- I mean, like the only way that Warrior as the third man would have worked is if it hadn't been Warrior. Like if they just brought in like if they brought in Jim Helwig and it looked like him, but like he was in like jeans yeah. and like a long trench coat. Yeah. And they just went like this is it. I'm Jim Helwig and fuck the warrior. That would have made <laughs> I'm Jim Helwig. <laughs> Jim Helwig. Do you want your do you want your tires <laughs> filling up um with, <laughs> with cream? I'm a prankster. <laughs> Watch out for Jim Helwig, he's zany. So he's, he's a zany prankster. He keeps filling with tires with cream. He lives in this room. <laughs> He lives in the, in the air vent. Um, that would have been the only way it would have worked. You could have brought him in as like, rah, like screaming, spitting, yeah. gobshite, spewing warrior for like cool Kevin Nash and cool Scott Hall. <laughs> Wouldn't it? But it'd be like they had a pet dog. <laughs> it'd be like they had a dog. Come by. Yeah, like an old dog as their <laughs> mate. Come by, come by old Jim. Old <laughs> and then one day old Jim loses a match and they go, come with us old Jim. And there's a shed outside and we never see him again. Sorry, old Jim. Scott Hall just unloading a Beretta into him. <laughs> Sorry, old Jim. Talking to old Jim. WCW did a Northeast tour, including a stop in New York. So WCW, Ooh. very Southern. Even at their pomp, they didn't often come up north. This so, was a testing of the waters, wasn't yeah, it? Oh, definitely. Uh-huh. So on these shows as well, to try and draw the crowds, they had like Bruno San Martino on them, uh, Pedro Morales. But the, Any New York names that had fallen out of favour? Yeah. Come on, come to us. Um, yeah. Come say hi. The biggest story from the show was the profane outburst by Conan after his US title match with Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> to the fans that were chatting, you still suck, ECW, and Sandman kicked your ass. <laughs> Conan, after swearing at the fans, which drew him a lot of heat among WCW officials, said that ECW was in a bingo hall and WCW was where the big boys played. Oh. Kevin Sullivan quickly got the mic away from him and basically did an apology saying that those weren't the opinions of WCW and that WCW didn't feel that way and then said some politically very nice things about being a fan of ECW <laughs> because he clearly wants their talent. <laughs> That's just me saying that. <laughs> I mean, it's historical. Yeah. But what Dave's put is true, and this is what I feel about a lot of 
wrestling fans, and we've talked about there's not a lot of wrestling fans, but the tribalistic wrestling fans he's put. It's really become strange trying to figure out some fans because the same night that WCW run in New York, ECW had a show in Deer Park, New York, and drew maybe 400 people. So there were people chanting ECW at the WCW show instead of actually going to the ECW show in the same city. So, and, and he's probably... That's weird, that is, Potentially more people chanting ECW than attending an ECW show. It's just... Is that not like the modern day equivalent of like, like anti-trans people buying Hogwarts with Legacy? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'd, like the same crowd that would have gone, Harry Potter's rubbish for kids, going, yeah, play this game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same sort of, but yeah, why wouldn't you go to the ECW show? Surely it would be cheaper. Yeah. I don't get it. What's wrong with you? This is 96 ECW, when it was absolutely ballistic. <laughs> I do not get that. New Jack may have stabbed somebody, who knows? It would have been great. But um, WCW did also run Philly, but the crowds were nice and almost the opposite of what you'd expect. you expect... Hostility from the ECW faithful in Philly and the New York crowd to be like, yeah, you're wrestling. But apparently the Philly crowd was like, ah, oh, wrestling. Oh. The New York crowd were like, ECW. How weird. Yeah. What a weird bunch. Talking of ECW, in at the Deer Park show, Raven wrestled Tommy Dreamer and they did a spoof on the Michael Smith double pin finish. When each ref raised a hand, both wrestlers simultaneously DDT the other ref. Bubba Ray Dudley came in, but then so did Devon, hit Bubba and Dreamer with a chair and one of the refs recovered and counted the pin. Yeah. Um, and Sandman ran in, but wound up being caned by his son. So we're in the middle. So ECW at this time is in the middle of the Sandman Raven thing, which is going to, oh, that's going to go. That's going to go from north to 100, isn't it? Daddy, you're a drunk. Now I, I worship, worship Raven. Tyler! <laughs> My voice! Brilliant. It's brilliant. Sandman looking like his heart has just been shattered. Yeah. Great stuff. But uh, Brian Pillman was meant to appear at the Deer Park show, was the original plan, because we mentioned when he signed with WWF, he was like, can I finish my ECW dates? And they said, yeah. Mm -hmm. But he'd backed out of it several weeks ago after suffering an ankle infection, which required surgery. That's why he's um, got a big patch on his arm doing WWF stuff on TV, apparently, but ah. I hadn't noticed it. But um, I forgot the other thing. I, for I think I forgot to put it in. At the ECW show um, as well, Pretty sure this was the show where the lights went out. Oh, no, that was last week, wasn't it, with Kimono 1 or later? Yes, yes, it yes, was. yes. Yeah. We did Kimono last I just week. always got Kimono on the mind. I always got Kimono on the mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm so slapdash in this room. You're great, mate. You're smashing <sighs> it this week. You're smashing it. <sighs> oh, I knew you shouldn't have got me dick out. Uh, <laughs> You're having a great show, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Fine. So WWF had superstar tapings on June 25th, and we finally got all those jobbers debuting. Yay! So, so if you missed it a few weeks back, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando talked to us about how WWF have basically bought a bunch of lower mid-card guys to job to their mid-card and upper mid-card guys, yeah. which I think is a great bit of business. Oh, yeah. You know, establish some guys who are literally there just to be job guys, just to be down the rung, and they can and they can help get your other guys over. Yeah. I think that works fine as a business model. And hey, the worst case scenario is one of them gets hot. And then you go, okay, well, there we go. So which out of the following do you think is going to get hot? Do you think it's Tom Brown, Brandy, who debuted as Salvatore Sincere? <laughs> or oh, smoking. Um, Tracy Smothers debuted as Freddie Joe Floyd from Bowlegs, Oklahoma. I'd love for him to be the hot one, but I know that that won't happen. Yeah, I'd the, love for that. I, I kind of recognize the name, Freddie Joe Floyd. He's already feuding with Bradshaw over the Texas-Oklahoma rivalry. 
But what um, Dave's actually explained the name. He's put um, there's an, actually an interesting story about the name and the gimmick. Bowlegs, Oklahoma, is a real place, and it's the small town where Jack and Jerry Briscoe grew up before moving to Blackwell, Oklahoma. Jack Briscoe's given name is Fred Joe Briscoe, while Jerry's is Floyd Gerald Briscoe. So it's a play on the Briscoes. Yeah. Nice. But on Tracy Smothers. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. of reasons. So Dirty White Boy is now T.L. Hopper, and oh. he got a win over Duke Drosy. He comes out to the entrance music that sounds like a toilet flushing and brings his favorite toilet plunger, which calls Betsy to the ring with it, and kisses it and grinds it into people's faces. Yeah. The new generation is still here. So if he doesn't get hot, we've got Alex Porto as Alex the Pug Porto. Oh, Pug Porto. Now, he looked like he should have been a thing. I don't if you ever see him. a picture of Pug Porto, no. I find your picture of Pug Porto because he looks like a guy that should have been a guy. I'm always, whenever I used to play um, <clears throat> EWR or TEW, yeah. Alex Porto would always come along as a, as a wrestler, like a, quite a, re- a reasonably cheap wrestler like that you could buy for your company and he's a million, he's a million dollars. Here he is. Here's, here's Alex the Pug, uh, Alex Pug Porto. Oh, he, look, he looked, oh, like, he looked a bit like Charlie Haas. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He's beast. Look at, I mean, there you are. Like, there's a guy. Yeah. He's great. And not, not a terrible wrestler. Yeah. Handsome looking guy, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me, a fucking oil paint. He's, he's, he's well built. Built guy. You'd think, okay, well, there's, there's money there in yeah. the hills, surely. But Pug Porto, yeah. Well, if not him, how about Bill Irwin as The Goon? The Goon is here! <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> or if not him, how about Jim Neidhart as who? The Goon! <laughs> the Goon! <laughs> Hang on, hang on, we've got to unwrap this Jim Neidart thing. But the, the, the goon thing, for those who don't know, I think he'll debut on telly. Yeah. He'll get a run out on telly. So he's an ice hockey player, an angry ice hockey player, who is too angry for ice hockey. So therefore, he's a wrestler. Yeah. That's the story of, of Bill Owen. And, and the, the room... The, the room! The room! The, the old wives' tale was that Chris Jericho was apparently having talks with WF around this time and seen the goon and went, I'm not signing, you'll turn me into the room! Ah, so there is an alternative parallel universe yeah. where Jericho would have come in as the goon. Imagine that. I mean, there are points in 2000, 2001 where he looks like he's playing the goon. Basically. Where he's got those oversized yeah. jerseys on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like we said also, Jim Neidhart is who? I, I don't know, you'll have to tell me. Uh, but no, he's he's who? Jim. I don't. I, I, again, I don't know. No. You have to tell me. Jim Neidhart is who? Um, he is the cousin of Brett. Well, yeah, but he is who? Um, he is a member of the Heart Foundation, and so on and so forth for another two hours. That's the podcast this week. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> he does indeed play who? Who? Um, Jim Neidhart. Oh, Jim Neidhart. Okay. <laughs> who? Jim Neidhart, uh, as is the name of the man that's playing the game. I'm trapped. I'm You're... trapped. I can't get out. Let me out with this. I don't like it. <laughs> so that's that's the jobbers. But also, uh, I can't believe they brought in Jim Neidhart. It's just not Jim Neidhart. He can do a job. I wonder why you wouldn't embrace Jim Neidhart as a character and you'd have to package him as as, as who? As, well, you'd package, package him as what? Or who? When? <laughs> Why? When is his tag? Why? That's the thing. Where is his tag partner who never makes it to the arena? <laughs> and don't forget his wife, Witch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. Are you saying it on your game this week? Oh, I hate this room. It's great, this room. <laughs> Imagine, it's a, but also, it's a fantastic room. I'm just, oh. But it's, here's, it's, 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 it lacks the safety of Herm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, is it like having a shit in a caravan? 
Yeah, I'm not even in the toilet. <laughs> just on the floor. Yeah. Also for Jim Neidhart, it is another reason why I must just smack really fucking cruel, is the fact that your former tag partner is fucking main event tier, Brett the Hitman Hart. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, it's, and even Marty Janetti is having a better time with you as like the, other, the also ran of a popular tag team. Yeah. Even Janetti's having a better time than you. Yeah. And that says something. The fact that people, the fact that when you have a weaker member of a tag team, you're named the Marty Janetti. But even at this point, Marty Janetti is doing more than you. <laughs> oh, poor Marty. A bit more of Marty Janetti later. Oh my God, loads more Marty Janetti later. But also at these uh, superstar tapings, Brian Pillman came out doing his doing the bushwhackers bounce with <laughs> the bushwhackers. Of course he did. He pretended to turn face, but then hit Luke with his crutch. Steve Austin is getting. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So he came out with Luke and Butch. Yeah, he joined the Bushwhackers and then smacked him with a crush. Fucking yes, I never knew that. Yeah, that's amazing. So Brian Pillman joins the Bushwhackers briefly just to twat him. Yeah, fucking ace. Well, Bushwhackers are Dudley boys as well, so technically he's now a Dudley boy. <laughs> Brian Dudley. Um, but as Dave's put here, Steve Austin is getting the mega push because at Superstars, he refused to wrestle Alder Montoya and later Sonny Rogers. Um, this was just to give him time off for his lip injury. We'll mm. talk about that later. It's it's a bit grim. But he gave both wrestlers forfeit wins and then beat the piss out of them afterwards. They also did an angle with Sonny, which we'll talk about later. And uh, they gave Mark Merrow a TV win over Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And as Dave's put here, brackets, another job. <laughs> Other WWF news. Surely Dave knows that Hunter's being punished at this point. He didn't think that Kurt and Cole was going to be anything at the time. Maybe not. So also in WWF, Barry Windham had a meeting with Vince McMahon this past week. Oh, he was the said stalker. To, he said to have been around 275 pounds, maybe 20 pounds overweight, interested in making a comeback at the age of 36, which now is barely making your prime. Your prime yeah. now is like 40, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, he's still in good form there. Uh, Dave thinks it's likely he'll come in and he's put, maybe they can team him with Dustin Rhodes as Silver Dust. But Barry Windham? He does, yeah. We have him by the end of the year. Yeah. I I, I never knew of the Stalker run until mm. being a grown man and being like, oh, I wonder what Barry Windham's been up to all these years. He walked so Diamond Dallas Page could run <laughs> as the Stalker. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Widowmaker Barry Windham, yeah. uh, and now the Stalker coming soon. Great. I love how Dave goes, old, tired, fat, he wants another run, ha. It's like, ha. And Vince goes, yeah, all right, here you go. Well, I'm surprised WCW haven't been like, do you want to come back in, Barry? He oh, no, fallen. Has nah. he proper fallen out, has he? No, he hasn't fallen out, but, oh, well, if you, but watching WCW week to week, I don't know where he'd fit, because they're certainly going for a very different... Obviously, he's, also, he's not a pal of Hogan's, hmm. so he's not going to get a comeback for not being a pal of Hogan's. Not even Flair's got that pull at the moment. It feels like it. But they're trying to put together a horseman. I mean, they will put together a very good horseman, but you'd think they'd be like, oh, we've got Mongo. Might as well get Barry Windermith. Mm, horse, yeah, I think by this point, I think horsemen are kind of, I think they've kind of back on the boil again oh, yeah, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have you went through that period where you got like Dungeon of Doom and then... Because Mongo, Mongo's horseman. defected, hasn't he? Mon he's, he's, he hasn't yet, in, in terms of like, has he watched this week to week? We haven't got to that yet, but it's on the horizon. Yeah. Him and Kevin Green are now getting together and yeah. getting ready to beat up Flair. And Flair's already started, you know, Flair's been putting the feelers about for 
Mongo's wife for Deborah. So Deborah's been getting some telly time on Nitro. Yeah, Arn's not retired yet, so he's still got Arn as well. Arn's still going. Still Arn got had Flair, a yeah. And you've got Benoit, so there's your four. Arn had a stinker of a world title match against the Giant the other week, so that's good. <laughs> and here's my one bit of wrestling trivia that I always bust out to see if you if you've been listening. I am Arn Anderson's son. Yes, that's, that's his trivia. <laughs> There's some photos of you where you do look like Arnold oh, in yeah. the 70s. Oh, definitely. It's great, which does make me wonder. Um, well, <laughs> you have to ask my mother, Rob. Did your mother know someone called Marty? No. What is Arn Anderson's finishing move? You're trying to catch me out. I'm going to say it is a, a toe hold. No. Is it the DDT? It's the DDT. <laughs> He's most known for the spine buster, but the DDT was his finish. You know Here's what? where I'm fucking wrong, and I've misread that. No, no, goes, no, no, no. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Because obviously we all always know Arn as the man of the Spinebuster. Yeah. The Spinebuster doesn't win many matches. No. DDT does. And he's a fucking good DDT. He snaps. Oh, into he fucking snaps. Yeah. That DDT. You want to watch somebody doing a crisp DDT tonight? On, on a crisp. On a, on a, if he does it, hey, if you can do it on a crisp, <laughs> get a tra- what you do is you get a quarterback... Because they're the ones that oh, shape the, like little footballers. Yeah, the, the, the actual the American cheeseburger yeah. flavored crisp. If you can't find them, buy a pack of Transformer snacks. Ooh, right. Yeah. You get the body of the car. You know, mm-hmm. you make you make mm-hmm. like the, the the moon buggy. Yeah. You get the body of the moon buggy, and you bite off the two bits at the top, so it looks a bit like a person. Oh, it looks like a man without the wheels. Yeah. Yeah. And like... you can do it to him. Yeah. Or you've got about hundred chances to get it right if you buy a bag of Pomba. Yeah. <laughs> You could DDT uh, a crisp and a bear at the same time. If you Twitch stream yourself DDTing Pom Bears, let me know. I will happily watch it. So, two last bits, and then we'll get out of this hellscape that's called the news. <laughs> Jim Cornette went on the road and got leg dropped by Yokozuna after Yokozuna lost to Bulldog in Detroit. Uh, Cornette was carried out by Bulldog, who kept dropping him on purpose and accidentally knocking his head into one thing or another while dragging him out after dropping him. (laughs) Whilst you know this is a bit, just because of the lore of British Bulldog. (laughs) I read that, I was like, imagine going, oh, sorry, Jim, if you hurt your face. (laughs) Oh, don't worry, oh, run it under a tap. (laughs) It's all right. Oh, sorry, I dropped you again. Ooh, look at him in the crowd. Hasn't he got a weird head? Oh, sorry, Jim. <laughs> Hang on, my phone's ringing. Hello? Oh, fuck, sorry, Jim. Oh, <laughs> I love the visual of Bulldog trying to carry Jim Hel- Jim Cornette. <laughs> Not Jim Helwig. Uh, Bulldog trying to carry Jim Cornette. Oh. Oh, phenomenal. I love that. Love a bit of Bulldog silliness on the rose. <laughs> but it shows you, like, an interesting decision to do, like, that bit on the regular. Oh, yeah. Like, no one else is going to get leg dropped by Yoko, but Jim will do it. Cornette will oh. do it. Yeah, even though he's... Pagged after dropping from the platform. <laughs> oh, yeah, he broke all his buttons yeah. that night. One last bit. Oh, go on. South Africa tour in September for WWF, and Bret Hart will wrestle on it. Ooh! But there's no firm date on when he'll return stateside. So, but they're obviously getting him ready for a return. Yeah. And when he does return, what a hot angle he comes back to. I can not King, wait. We haven't got long to wait either. We're very nearly there. Because uh, Tom and the listeners and viewers at home, I don't know if you know this about me. Big Bret Hart fan. You are a big Bret Hart fan. Aren't and you? Uh, my one of my favourite feuds of all time is Bret Hart versus uh, a good hand in the mid card. So uh, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, we're in for a treat because we're gonna, we've got a couple of them. Just a couple. The Just a couple. Just a couple of those bad boys. Go. <laughs> what were your thoughts of Bret Hart's acting the other week in that movie he did? 
Oh, I didn't see it. Oh. Is it as good as Lonesome Dove? Mate, it's somehow he has improved like a fine wine. Oh, fantastic. Hang on, let me see if I can find it. Um, now, <laughs> was I'm, it Hadlock? I think, yeah, I, I remember reading something that like he was in a film, but I didn't realise there was <laughs> clips of Bret Hart being the thesp that we know he is. Being quite te thesp. If I where is, I'm gonna have to, I might have to dig it out and find it for you later. Did they tell him it was a film, or did they tell him it was a documentary? I get the vibe that they didn't tell him. Yeah, <laughs> and he just was told to react to a scene. That's how you get uh, the best out of breath. That is, yeah. You don't, you don't want to worry him too much with, uh, with like having to worry about acting and stuff. And no. you just want to um, just let him go. I think the movie that he is in is called Stalker. Right. It's starring by S- Barry Windham. <laughs> Sadly, uh, it is not starring Barry Windham. But Lord Howdy, I wish that it was. I'm desperately trying to find a clip of the film because, oh, made me chuckle. And and I know Bret Hart is a, a, a phenomenal wrestler, but uh, this That's particular is, clip is. of him yeah. acting is yeah. something is something else. Best there is. Best there was. Best there ever bloody will best be. Best there ever bloody will be. Uh, Should we talk about some actual wrestling, though? No. Oh. All right, fine. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. July 1st, 1996. It's Monday Night Raw. Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty are opening the show. Holy fuck. Plug last week. Uh, the, that, and you made a very valid point last week. The, the video they showed really paints Sean as the batty. Yeah. Because it shows him like switching in uh, old Marty Jannetty and throwing him through the, the barbershop window. He tried to escape. Poor sweet Martin. Poor sweet Martin. Parson Martin. Martin, Martin, Janartin. Mm. Uh, getting that. <laughs> uh, but the show starts with Shawn Michaels' music playing and Michaels walking towards the ring. Yeah. We're not wasting any this time on like Monday Night Raw. third week on the bounce that we cut straight to the action, isn't it? Uh, this week didn't even have the WWF uh, like uh, standard of excellence in sports entertainment. I think they're aware they're in a war now. Yeah. And they've got it as soon as, as soon as the show starts. They've got to have something that people can see. Oh, yeah. And if it's Shawn Michaels walking to the ring, they go, oh, bloody hell, champs starting the show. Oh, yeah, lovely. 
Uh, Sean's got the click cam with him. He's filming fans without their consent as he heads to face Marty Jannetty, who's already in the ring. Now, Jim Cornette is ringside with Leif Cassidy. Yes. Dave Meltzer got a little bit confused because Dave Meltzer reported that, oh, yes, Jim Cornette's now managing the new Rockers. He's not. It's furthering the story with Camp Cornette and Shawn Michaels. Yes. He just happens to be there for this match. Uh, so worth pointing that out. Uh, there is jaw-jacking between Shawn and Jannetty to start. Uh, Vince calling this one of Shawn Michaels' greatest tests so far. Really put on over Marty. Really put over Party Marty. Um, we're also getting Golders versus Mark Mero tonight. We get a little graphic as the match gets cooking. Very technical back and forth to start off. Ends with a stalemate and a double kip up. Like we're literally, I know you might think, oh gosh, are we skipping through this episode quickly? No, 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 no. no. This has been like the first three minutes of Raw. Yeah. And it's like match, match starts. All stuff. Duh. Wasting no, no oh, time. Yeah. Straight in there. Uh, um, <laughs> Sean goes for an early sweet chin music. Leaf Cassidy pulls Marty out of the ring. They fight outside the ring, but Leaf cheats to give Marty a little bit of a respite. Yeah. Uh, Marty in charge in the ring after this. Uh, we get told that Mankind is fighting Duke the Dumpster Drossy tonight. There's a little match for later on, I wonder, you lucky thing. I wonder, I wonder how that will turn out. I think Duke will win. Yes, me too. I think this is his time. I like Ma- all the goodies. <laughs> like all the best people, best boys do. Marty drops Sean guts first onto the top rope, and everyone goes, oh! oh! Big reaction for that. Jeanette continues to rampage through the break, even shuts down several hope spots from Sean Michaels yes, as he does. tries to mount a comeback. Uh, Mike Michaels avoids a corner drop kick, and Monkey flips Jeanette. Jeanette lands on his feet and lands a clothesline. This was boss. Oh, my God. Yeah. Brilliant, wasn't it? And you were saying about the hope spots as well. The crowd were coming alive for Sean. Mm. And they were booing the absolute arse off Marty. I was like, oh, poor sweet Martin. And he's doing all his dances and stuff like it's the good old days. Yeah. Uh, Michael's cracks a forearm out of nowhere. Get back into the driving seat on this one. Uh, phenomenal exchanges in the closing stages of this match. Jeanette reversing a powerbomb into a Hurricane Rana. Uh, we see Michaels doing a fake-out crossbody and then eventually hits an actual crossbody. Jeanette rolls through into a pin of his own. Yeah. Uh, we see a pile driver from Sean... Oh, sorry. Jeanette lands a rocker dropper as we come back from the break. Like the old rocker dropper. Yeah. Uh, Michaels dodges a diving fist strike, lands a pile driver. Lovely it's pile driver. A gorgeous well. pile driver, yeah. wasn't it? Like it looked vicious. Crisp, yeah. flush, bang. Beautiful elbow drop. And then finally, pump up the band. Pump up the volume. Sweet chin music. One, two, three. Leaf Cassidy attempts to run in to attack Shawn Michaels. He gets dropped. Cornette goes to crack Shawn Michaels with a tennis racket. Here comes Jose Lothario, ringside. Sock to the face, Jim Cornette. Just smack the bastard, yeah. Smack, smack, smack outright. Spark outright for, uh, for Jimmy Cornette. <laughs> smack outright. Yeah. Possibly, possibly... The best Raw match I've ever seen. Up it, to this date, up to now. It was a great fucking match. Mm. Really good. HBK was really over. Marty got a lot of time to shine. Sean was giving him quite a lot as well. Because I know people say, oh, they were mates, but Sean did get him fired. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Yeah, Sean, Sean wasn't afraid to be an arsehole to anyone. Really good opener. I've just put likely the best Raw match we'll see for a long time. There is a divine constant in when we talk about the best Raw matches. It's Marty Jannetty. Yeah. Marty versus Doink the Clown, two out of three falls. Yeah. From a few years ago, both Justin Henry and I said was probably the best match on Raw we've seen in a while. Sean Marty Jannetty for the IC title. Yeah. One of the best matches we'd seen. And now Sean and Michaels again. 
Didn't he? Did, I'm sure he's had a match with a one, two, three kid, which is really nice as well. Maybe not as good as this, but still. Without a doubt. Yeah. I seem to remember they had a match. Marty's great. Hmm? Marty's, Marty's sublime. Yeah. And, uh, and I love that Shawn Michaels gave him a lot. Gave him a lot. And this is like a third of Raw. Like, yeah. But we've kind of, any bits that I missed that you really jumped out at? Because I'm aware that I kind of cliff noted it a little bit. No, um, I, But it's a good third of Raw. I, I just couldn't get over just how, well, I mean, obviously HBK's over, but everything they were doing was working and getting the crowd on his side. They were just absolutely hot for him. And even in the uh, in the newsletter, Dave was saying that at the live shows, Sean's been coming across like an absolute rock star. Mm. Says so people just screaming, flinging themselves at him. There was two bits which made me laugh, which was Vince calling HBK the most resilient WWF superstar in history. And I went, hmm. Um, and there was an annoying bit. It was when... Sean did the running forearm and the kip up, and Vince kept saying, "Ah, oh, I bet we'll hear some sweet chin music. Oh. It's time for sweet chin music. Oh, I love sweet chin music. Where's sweet chin music, Sean? Sean, give us some sweet. Do you kick your bastard, Sean? Sweet chin, sweet, sweet chin music. They're gonna wrestle for another ten minutes. Don't worry. <laughs> he did like to get over sweet chin music. He did, yeah, he was quite fond of it, wasn't he? But Very fond of it. Really good match. Um, I think, I don't know if you mentioned it actually on the podcast last week that you watched this episode straight away from the last one and you even said to me, oh, you're in for a treat Yes, yeah, so, so when so, so prepping for these, I watched them back to back and I was like, oh my God, what a match. Yeah, in for a, yeah I said to you, you're in for a treat. And I was like, wrong? You were not wrong? I was not wrong. No. Uh, on Superstars, we get a highlight of uh, an altercation between Sonny and Phineas Godwin. Yeah. So Phineas, over the past couple of weeks, has had like... Uh, it's uh, the love heart eyes for Sonny, and he's, and he's a bit of a simple being. Sonny gets him in the ring to apologize for her recent behavior, and he and she wants to know how, how Phineas feels about her. Eventually, when coerced and coordinated, Phineas says, I love you to Sonny. It's a heartwarming moment, but it's a dirty trap. She asks Phineas to close his eyes and pucker up, and she slaps him right in the face. Here come the smoking guns to beat him up until until Henry Godwin and Hillbilly Jim make the save. Uh, Billy and Bart get dispatched. It leaves Sonny on her own, and Phineas teases, give another slot bucket. They've got this bucket full of shite, and because uh, they're hillbillies, is what they do. Uh, love a bucket of shite. Love a bucket of shite. And he sort of stalls from doing it. He doesn't want to do it. And eventually, Sonny realizes that Phineas is too weak to do it. So she blows him a, she cockily blows him a kiss. Oh, yeah, she does. And that puts him over the edge, and he goes, whoopa! And she gets slot bucket shite all over her. I liked this. I felt it was needed. It mm. felt like a proper hard heel turn for Sonny. Because, like we were saying the other week, when it was. Um, oh, bollocks. I'm shit in this room. <laughs> um, Skip and Zip, Body Donners. And they had Cloudy, and they were meant to be the faces. And everyone was like, ah, oh, nah, these guys suck. And I was like, oh, we love Sonny, though, because she's really fit. <laughs> this felt like the hard heel turn it needed. I felt that um, Phineas Godwin did an excellent job here. He was really good, wasn't he? He looked genuinely upset. And the beatdown from the guns as well, like we said, it was just, it, it felt like WWF saying, right, this heel turn's not really working. Beat up the simple hillbilly lad. And yeah. And no it did. Yeah. And it worked a treat. Uh, I, I, I remember this because I wasn't a fan at this point, but obviously every so often WWF was sort of past my vision. Yeah. And I remember WWF magazine at this point 
had a picture of Sonny getting slopped on the front cover. Oh, wow. Uh, with the headline, Sonny, once so true, I slopped you. Nice. <laughs> Which I feel was something nice. signed off by Vince McMahon, knowing that the age Kids of the love song. Kids Boney Am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That hot new band, Boney Am. <laughs> they, Proud Americans, Boney Am. <laughs> Proud Americans. They've been to Babylon, Indiana, uh, where they sat down. Have you heard about Rasputin? <laughs> Russia's greatest love machine. Make him a character in the mm. wrestling. <laughs> yeah. It could be any worse than a bin man. Duke Ooh. the Dumpster. Yeah. Here he comes. He's facing mankind. Jake the Snake Roberts is on commentary to size up his opponent for international incident, which is mankind. Good luck, Jake. Good luck, Jake. Mankind versus Jake Roberts. That's a match that I forgot happened in the annals of time. I didn't know this had happened. Oh. We'll talk about that as we get to it. Oh, I hope the both get time for promos because oh <laughs> my god oh could you imagine Just, all i want is the promos i'll be yeah. honest tickets went on sale this week for SummerSlam at the gund arena in 96 so that's gonna be uh that's gonna be a fun show headlined by a match that might get somebody in trouble uh <laughs> jerry lawler <laughs> but not the person actually being the prick no nope. jerry lawler's on commentary and um so the, I kind of I was it was a weird one because at time of recording this it's been a few weeks um, and Jerry Lawler was 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 bad he had a stroke through the week and he's recovering from it so I was like oh I'm nervous about talking about this because obviously you know I don't want to wish ill on on somebody who's had a rough time but I thought he was a massive distraction here yeah. Jerry Lawler the character Jerry the King Lawler was a massive distraction here uh, because the story is should be Jake Roberts versus Mankind yeah. going into international. And Jake Roberts, every time he tried to shoehorn some storyline for that match, here's Jerry Lawler making drinking and alcoholism gags it in is, speech marks. It made me sad. Yeah? Because Jake wasn't fighting back. He was just going, oh, come on, stop it. He sounded really meek and defeated. I was like, oh, fuck off, King. I was like... Don't. I, it, was, it wasn't nice. There was... Um, there's been stories about, like, how behind the scenes... Jerry was accosted for taking this too far. Oh, was he? Yeah. And like, there's an incident coming up which involves like a bottle of Jack Daniels mm. on a fucking recovering alcoholic. What's yeah. the matter with you? Uh, and, and this, I feel like, pl plays into that. Lawler makes jokes at Robert's expense as mankind fights Duke the Dumpster, squealing like a pig as he, as he mounts offense on Duke Drosy. Yeah. Uh, Lawler accuses Jake of being drunk and necking a bag of paper, uh, necking a, a paper bag of something back during the break as you say jake just goes stop it leave it be jake works over uh, sorry sorry mankind works over duke confidently and maniacally um but i wish i could tell you more about the match but all this is is a backdrop for jerry lawler poking jake roberts about his alcohol abuse really uncomfortable it's not nice jake asks jerry about his past which is far darker than drinking which is far darker than drinking so jake roberts going hey talk about your past jerry and then we think of all those. Yeah. I just put, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah. Jerry shuts the fuck up dead quick then. <laughs> For a minute. Duke lands a desperation spine buster onto Mankind. Now back to the match. That spine buster looked nice. It was very nice. Big fan of that spine buster. He begins his comeback. Uh, but Duke goes to, he puts Mankind in a bear hug. Mankind counters it with a mandible claw. Hey. That was good, that. Down goes Duke. And the, it's a, and the win is awarded to Mankind via stoppage because of the claw. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lawler, who has just continuously made jokes at the expense of Jake Roberts all the way through. They cut to the commentary table to see the real match here. Uh, Lawler stands up, uh, as does Roberts. 
uh, tells uh, Lorna tells Roberts uh, here now you're you know you're you're good at taking the other cheek or like turning the cheek turn the other cheek, turn that, Lawler slaps him across the face, Jake absorbs it, Lawler slaps him again, and that's when Jake fucking grabs him. The crowd pop for this, to be fair. Yeah. And he starts fucking strangling, and I'm like, yeah! Fucking strangle the little scrote! <laughs> Till Mankind jumps in and saves Lawler by putting Jake in the mandible claw. Uh, oh yes, by the way, it's Jake Roberts versus Mankind International Incident. Yeah. I know commentary, it's your job to sell the matches as opposed to your colour commentator trying to start a feud with everybody. <laughs> just, <laughs> just thought. Uh, Lawler screams last call as Roberts is helped out. I just, ah, this was too much. I, 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 I'm annoyed actually watching that. It's, it annoyed me. Because yeah. it was just, it was all just Jerry Lawler just going, ha, ah, you're drunk. You're not even having a match with him, you fucking dickhead. And that's not even the match. Like, you have the match, but that's not the match you're building to currently. Yeah, built to that match during Mankind versus Roberts from the commentary desk. Just, you can, and this, okay, if that's the match that you're having, I don't mind a sprinkling of it. Yeah. But it, that's all it should be. I've, I've not a fucking drowning of it. Yeah, I also put King going after Jake was just too much for me. I, I felt it wasn't that I was like rallying behind Jake to say, yeah, you're the babyface kicker's head. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh, that man's been through a lot. Just let him go have a sandwich and sit down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck off, King. <laughs> Post-match, though, kind of saved it. Jake at least got to look strong by strangling him before getting choked out by Mankind. And it made Mankind look even more like a lunatic. What's infuriating, though, is that, like, Jerry Lawler seems to have all these... And again, this is... I'm not basing it on Jerry, the person. As we're recording ahead of time, I don't know the status of Jerry Lawler as I'm recording this. Uh, But Jerry Lawler at the moment is a commentator and works into the odd feud. I feel like he's feuded with the best of the company in their prime positions. I never truly feel like he gets his comeuppance. No. In any of them. His feud of Bret Hart lasted years. He had a title match against Michaels, didn't he? Was he the first person yeah. Michael, Michaels took on? First person Michaels took on. He's just come off the feud with the Warrior. Warrior. He fought. He had a feud with Roddy Piper. Yeah. Uh, and now he's about to start one with Jake Roberts. And it's just like, I never feel like he gets his comeuppance. No. You know? Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler <laughs> happened at a WrestleMania, lest we forget. Yeah. And Michael Cole, who had been a dick in the run-up to WrestleMania, was like, yeah, like, yeah this is where he gets his come up as this is where Lawler gets a big win over him. And he didn't. And I kind of went, yeah, serves you right. How does it <laughs> fucking feel? When a really obvious conclusion isn't reached. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I checked recently as well. That's Lawler's only WrestleMania match. Is it really? <coughs> yes. Because... Oh. Um, Lewis was doing uh, asking for suggestions for people who'd never had a Mania match. Oh, and I was looking, no. I thought, ooh, Lawler might not have had one. I went, ah, fuck Cole. Yeah, yeah he's had at least one. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so mm-hmm. that was the one match that he's had. He's had a million fucking SummerSlam matches and Survivor Series matches, and he'll have many more. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's that, that was a shame. Mankind and Jake Roberts, I'm genuinely intrigued by. Yes. As you say, if let him go to promo land. <laughs> We'll have a fucking treat on our hands. Dining out for that for the rest of the year. On the WWF Superstar line, why is the ultimate warrior in the doghouse? Warrior's like, what about this? (laughs) That's me, sweet old Jim. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything like. I love love everyone. 
I especially love gay people. <laughs> I like everyone equally. And I'm not a, <laughs> not a nasty person. Um, warrior here. Imagine Warrior watching this at home, if he was. Or someone mm. telling him, going, why in the doghouse, Jim? What do you mean? Oh, what? Imagine the brass neck on him, though. Not turning up, but still tuning in. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not wrestling for the live shows. Wrestling's <laughs> so weird like this. Because Alba Warrior, like, legitimately... In, you know, in, the, in a bad place with WWF for missing contractual obligations. Yeah. And they go, ring the hotline now. Like, it would be, be the equivalent of, like, ring the cultaholic hotline now to find out why Tom's got a written warning. <laughs> I mean, that's money, to be fair. Right, we'll get a 900 number. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about this off air. Yeah, Tom. that's a good shout. That's a good shout. There's, there's gold in them, their hills. These peons don't need to know. <laughs> These SOBs. Hi. <laughs> They're all SOBs. <laughs> Gabo, no. <laughs> Main event o'clock. It's Goldust versus Mark Marrow. Mm. On commentary in a lovely shirt, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not a t-shirt, a shirt. Yes, it was a polo. Polo shirt. Yeah. With a lip that looked like he'd had anaphylactic shock. <laughs> he does look like he's had a massive... He looks yeah. like he's allergic to shrimp and he's just been to a shrimp buffet. I couldn't resist them. I look bad in their little heads. I fucking love shrimp. Uh, so Steve is... Uh, it's a strange look seeing him in a polo shirt with a bust lip. Yeah. But it's a funny one. Uh, he's on comms this week to, to shout about both of these two. Sable getting more and more of the focus of Mark Mera's entrance every single week. Yeah. Feels like that's happening more and more. Uh, Austin is sat next to Vince threatening to batter him. How little did they know that such a thing would change wrestling forever? This, to me, is the wrestling equivalent of that episode of Only Fools and Horses where Del Boy picks up the timepiece and goes, what if something like this could change my life forever? And then, do you remember that scene from yeah. time, on, time on Our Hands? Yeah. That's what that felt like to me. With Austin going, oh, I'm going to kick your ass, Vince. I'm like, that's, that's how you win! Like watching somebody play in the Stanley Parable and, and not turning left to the weird ending. No, don't go that way! <laughs> That's how you win! It's probably one of those as well. Like I said, he's just threatening to punch McMahon in the face because he's threatening to batter everyone. So they don't care, batter take it, batter this, batter the other. Obviously, Austin McMahon becomes the most famous storyline ever, even though credit where it's due to WCW. Bischoff as the evil owner was first oh yeah so, so they must have been like ah oh, shit that's a good idea oh remember austin remember when you threatened to batter vince let's roll with that yeah, see where this takes us what's that noise at? oh i hear i hear that's oh they're printing money somewhere. <laughs> uh, austin says jake stank of booze at king of the ring he got a buzz off oh, okay so uh, uh, well i mean at least austin's just austin's allowed to yeah, yeah. he's austin... not saying it to the man and not giving him a chance to reply <laughs> yeah there is that uh, he says he's got a buzz off it. Hey, you should try drinking beer in the ring, Austin. Oh. Who are you to speak about drinking on the job? Uh, Austin, Austin would spend the rest of his career thinking of booze while wrestling. It's kind of his gimmick. <laughs> Goldust takes a powder at the beginning Mark Mero, as Mark Mero gets some momentum. Marlena is sizing up Sable as we go to break. Uh, turns out they got into a bit of a spat during the break, but the referee uh, has managed to separate them. Goldust cheap shots and headlocks Mero for ages. The crowd are chanting Sable. Yeah, There's no, no surprise on who the star truly is And here. it was like the Goldberg chant of Sable, <laughs> Sable. <laughs> Spear! Show us your bum. <laughs> Get your tits out. I'd like to see your bum, please. We're humans, not insects. <laughs> <laughs> 
Get your pants off. Do you want to see an insect? (laughs) (laughs) Sexy Wendy. Oh, lovely. (laughs) The audience are like ginger in my hands. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it's Kinky John Fowler. (laughs) Kinky John. I fucking love Kinky John. The greatest, the greatest light entertainer of our generation. <laughs> Kinky John Fowler. That's me, Kinky John Fowler. <laughs> the audience are like ginger in my hands. And he thinks for ages, putty. <laughs> you the great It's even better than Sad Ken, Kinky John. <laughs> <laughs> she works at Burger Star tonight. No, I've got that wrong. <laughs> she works at Starburger tonight. You're gonna see her boyger star. <laughs> so Vic and Bob did a, ske- a, a series of, of sketches for uh, like a, a fake documentary called The Club, which is about like a like a sleazy adult nightclub. One of them, the entertainer on it was a guy called Kinky John Fowler. <laughs> but, oh, it's it's aged quite badly though, because isn't Bob pretending to be Chinese? Yes. <laughs> Oh. Yes, it does. <laughs> and, but he does pretend to be his Chinese brother. Um, but was it was the joke that he just lived in China for ages? Because yeah. because his because Vic plays his brother as well, uh, Baron from Baron's High Club, uh, and uh, Paul Baron from Baron's High Club. <laughs> he plays Paul Baron. The one bit that me and my brother always reference is when they're at the bar and they're t- talking to like the ladies' night, and they. Uh, <laughs> They have like a series of erotic pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they made a cocktail for the night called Simply the Breast, which is a cocktail with a chicken breast on the side. I forgot about Simply the Breast. It's the big bit of chicken in it. One of the pictures is one of the pictures is a woman eating fruit and he goes, oh, What's that there? And the barber goes, Oh, it's a what's she eating there? Oh, it's a black currant. A black currant is being enjoyed by a young lady there. <laughs> <laughs> Seek out the club <laughs> in your own time. Bit of Kinky John Fowler for Kinky the kids. John Fowler. How do we get on to Kinky John? Oh, that was it. Sexy Wendy. Sexy Wendy. <laughs> Take your pants off. We're humans, not insects. Uh, so, <laughs> lot of love for Sable. Mera's comeback cut off. He's dumped outside by Goldust. And Austin's mm. getting pissed off with McMahon for putting Mark Mero over like a million bucks. He tells Vince to call the action in the ring and not Stone Cold is here. I'm what's ha- no, He says, Stone Cold is here. I'm what's happening, brother. We're not going to hurrah, hurrah, Mark Mero. <laughs> yeah, and he says, but, you know, stop talking about him just call the match and that's the bottom line. I was like, oh. Oh, I didn't hear him say that's the bottom line. He said, yeah, he said the bottom line is. Oh. So he said bottom line a few times. Like, oh, bottom so line, Vince. Hey? He's getting all those bottom line shirts printed, not realizing that 316 signs are turning up everywhere. Oh, yeah. should have gone in on that, really. I didn't see any. Not this week, no. Is it the week after? I think in the next couple of weeks. I think because this. Oh, is it after the replay, maybe? Mm, we do start seeing more of them. Yeah. I think because this is recorded, this, these tapings are immediately after King of the Ring. Okay. It hasn't really bedded in yet. Yeah. Because because this is like this is like two weeks after King of the Ring, but it's all taped in one bulk. So yeah, I think we'll course, start yeah. seeing them from next week. We'll see, won't we? Um, Mero fights back, counters a German suplex with a gorgeous victory roll. Goldust dodges an elbow, starts punching Mero in the head really hard. <laughs> I like when Goldust goes from just like this sort of pervy mind game player to just like 
a, a mentalist, I'm going to batter you yeah, cause I'm, type. Because he's, what, 6'5"? Yeah, he's massive. <laughs> but it's a good little... When, he, when, like, when like he clicks it in, he just starts battering him. Mm. Jerry Lawler wishes Princess Diana a happy birthday. And then Vince says happy birthday to Bret Hart. The brother of who? Um, Owen Hart. Correct. Yeah. I nearly caught you there. Yeah. But that's the first time Hitman's... Hit, Hitman's Hitman! First time Hitman's been mad to see... Yeah! Hitman Hart! <laughs> Happy birthday, Brot. <laughs> brot! I, I got you some of them German sausages named after you, some of them Brotwurst. <laughs> I don't think you're the worst. I think you're great. They should be called Brett Great. Brett Greats. I bought you some Brett Greats. <laughs> Nom, nom, nom. I'll just leave them on side, have them when you want. <laughs> Don't eat them in room temperature, though. You get poorly. We all make that mistake once. Save the brand for our Tom. He loves it. <laughs> he loves the bride. <laughs> but yeah, it's like we're saying, that they, they've already called Hart, saying, can you come in? We're in the shit. And he's like, oh, will you wrestle in South Africa in September? He's like, oh, yeah, fine. I'll do that. And then they mention, oh, happy birthday, Brett. We still mm-hmm. love you, Brett. Kiss, kiss, Brett. A slow, quite boring affair overall between Mark Mero and Goldust, but it finally picks up in the closing moments. Yeah. Mark Mero and Goldust getting caught with a double clothesline. Then we see Marlena sneaking up behind Sable and starts perving on her as Mero fights back. Marlena is just being a right old lech towards Sable. She is, yeah. Mm. She starts blowing cigar smoke in Sable's face. And Sable is doing what we would all do when there's a weirdo at the train station. And we just keep moving away from them and, and hoping they don't follow but they yeah. continue to follow all the way through. It's like, please, please leave me alone. Leave me alone. You stink. Stink of cigars. You bloody stink. Um, Mero comes to stop Marlena, and this allows Goldust to land the curtain call yeah. for the one, two, three, just like that. Mm. And then we have Goldust and Marlena celebrate a lovely win to end the night. In contrast to certain weeks, pretty cold. Yeah, and going back to this match, the match was okay. It was all right. The crowd aren't into Mero. And is it just me? He's, it's not that he's sloppy, but he comes across a little awkward. I'm not too sure if he's just not fully acclimatised to the WWF style, even I, though he's been here a little while now. I think it's a acclimatisation thing. Yeah. I think his style, like, it's isn't it funny how, like, sometimes you see it used as, like, an excuse for certain performers to be a certain way, but it does certainly feel like... Like, there is a WCW style that people have to get out of their system. Yeah, definitely. And a WWF style that people have to sort of find their way through. Yeah. But it, and it is it is true, because you see some guys come over to WCW. We see it during the invasion. We saw it during the invasion, the early days of the invasion, where, like, you'd have WCW wrestlers going for their moves. It was almost like... It was almost like syntax errors all round, where yeah. like the WWF guys would like watching Kurt Angle like try and do a back bump for a, for a Booker T axe kick. I'm like, oh, that's just like yeah, like a glitch in the matrix. So you yeah. think it'd be quite obvious how to take that, but then I guess it's not. You'd have thought it would be though, but it's not. Yeah, you know, people taking diamond cutters weird and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay, chronic forgetting how to wrestle because oh, they've been in the WCW system after years in WWF. Forgot how to wrestle. So it's there is that growing pain. Yeah. And I think Mark Barrow has exhibited a bit of it as well. His style is so different to so many other people's. Oh, yeah. There's only certain people that he really gels with. Yeah. So he'll have to sort of change that up. Sadly, he'll never truly hit a real stride. No. In the WWF. Because his, I enjoyed his work as marvellous Mark Barrow. Like the TKO, yeah. one of my favourite finishes of all time. Prelude to an F5? Yeah. And his, his kind of look at the time, even though you look back and it's a bit 90s, mm-hmm. but just wearing the, the, the boxing shorts and with a, a shaved head, and he's like, I'm going to punch someone in the mouth. It's like, that's pretty cool. It's a good look. Yeah. It's actually a really strong look. Better than his handlebar mustache and mullet and leather. 
But as you're saying, this this episode of Raw, there wasn't much storyline progression outside of recaps and the co- commentary work. And the thing that saved it was HBK versus Marty. Actually, uh, yeah, the thir- first third of this show was a banger between Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Yeah. And otherwise, it was just like a kind of just there. fair episode yeah. of Raw. Nothing really moved along. Jerry Lawler annoyed us all with the constant alcohol jokes. But then Sean and Jeanette had a banger in the opener, so can't yeah. really complain, really. Yeah. A couple of weeks out from international incidents, I believe we'll have more warrior news next week. I, I imagine so. <laughs> and oh. I've seen the thumbnail for the next episode. I've seen the thumbnail oh. for the next episode. Somebody's making their journey back. Uh, and until we're next together to talk all about it, he is at Brad Atkins on Twitter in his favourite room. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter in my favourite room. Together, Ratcoholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us! We haven't done any bulldog jokes this week, have we? Right, uh, so, go on. <laughs> uh, so uh, an Englishman, uh, another Englishman, <laughs> they were neighbours... And, uh, they, well, there was just two of them because they thought they'd meet up for a drink. They walked into a bar and said, all right, barkeep, what have you got on tonight? And he said, oh, I've got a lovely top. Do you like it? He went, oh, that's lovely, that. <laughs> Love you, bye. <laughs> Since people are, might have clicked off, I'm going to hit him with another bulldog joke. Uh, so, but, oh, it's um, <laughs> bulldog and uh, Tom are chatting. Yeah. And Tom goes... Um, Hey, do you want to go out for some dinner next week, Davey? And Bulldog goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love that. That'd be lovely. There's a really nice, really nice restaurant. Wait till the other week. Oh, what's it? What's what's the name of... uh, It's that princess from England married the lad with big ears. Tom goes, do you mean Diana? That's it. Diana, what's the name of that restaurant we went to? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> call Greg <laughs> Greg we're going to call Greg <laughs> why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.